Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Comics School. I'm glad you're here. I'm really, really excited about our guest today. Um, one of my favorite scholars, speakers, uh, and folks just to generally chop it up with um, about all things uh, that are that are hip and geeky and cool. Um, but I'll give you a little bit of intro. Um, our guest today, uh, Dr. Napoleon Wells, is an American author, psychologist, speaker. Um, he is a well-trained, highly trained clinical psychologist uh, specializing in post-traumatic stress disorder um, and um, graduate of Fordham University. Is that correct? That is correct. With his PhD in clinical psychology. I'm going to let him talk a little bit more about his work, but um, also um, the closest thing the, the closest thing that I know to a real life Jedi master. So we're going to talk, we're going to chop it up very nicely about, yeah. uh, we're going to chop, chop it up very nicely about star Wars today. I, um, I would suggest to you that you and I are both on the master's council. No question. Oh, oh but, <laughs> Hey, I, that's, that's really, in these troubling times, that is, that is, mm -hmm. a, that is a beautiful thing to hear, sir. Thank you for, for joining us today. Hey, good morning, brother. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> okay. So, Let's just jump right in. Um, right. We've been starting these conversations the way all good stories do with uh, origin story, right? right. So um, this this class is is about comics and about popular culture and about the rhetoric, mm -hmm. thinking about these things. So what is your what's your origin story? How did you get into um, comics? This medium that means yeah. so much to us. So it was interesting for me. I think. I probably was introduced to comics in a way that a lot of people are. Uh, my father introduced me, and it was it was odd. My father is probably one of the more complicated humans that I ever knew. And it, it's probably what led me into psychology, honestly speaking, was my relationship with him. Um, my father was a very violent alcoholic. Mm. Um, I'm from the Bronx originally, so. The scenery was somewhat troubling anyway, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to a degree. And then to have this individual at home who, to me, represented ultimately in my mind, I think, an anti-hero, mm. right? You know, he wanted for us as his children to be successful, but he himself struggled so much. I was probably about, I'd say, six years old, and he put an issue of Fantastic Four in my hand, right? And this was back right. when comics, good Lord, they cost... They were probably about 50 cent at the time. Right, right. Um, yeah, you get a couple of comics for about a buck. So mm -hmm. I started reading the Fantastic Four and what it allowed me to do in that instant because of how Marvel in my mind, and I guess I don't want to separate Marvel from every other brand because right. I know a lot of people like to do that versus kind of. Thing. Right, right. Um, I started to read all of the Marvel issues, Fantastic Four, I got into X-Men because of how beautifully, I think, they illustrated how people struggled with things that they couldn't necessarily change. Mm. It was the 80s, so it was the period of all of the huge, how do we overcome these villains? Right. The Beyonder right. shows up in the 80s, <laughs> right? You know, right. Spider-Man right. becomes Cosmic Spider-Man, right. not even five years afterward. Right. And this is when he gets the Venom suit first. Yeah, is that point in the 80s. That's so right. comic books were in my life, people in situations, even though they had powers, they were often faced with more right. powerful beings and circumstances. Right. 
and trying to overcome those. Right. And writing stories where, as opposed to movies, uh-huh. the good guy didn't always win. The The end of the story was not always what I expected. And right. I could, in my head, try and identify with that. Because I was like, dude, I'm trying to do the right thing. And my dad wants me to. And everybody's uh-huh. pushing me to. But the circumstances around me were such, in many right. instances, right. a disaster. And he was a disaster of a person sometimes. So right. comics kind of balanced me. Right. It's... um. We read actually in a, in our course um, Claremont's run at well it was his graphic novel God Loves Man Kills mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and 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 uh, you know you're talking about X Men in the 80s and and thinking about Claremont mm-hmm. doing that doing that kind yeah. of thing about what if it, what if there's evil you can't outpunch correct right? correct <laughs> um, and, and that was the X Men run in all of the 80s and the 90s that's right that's right mm-hmm. this notion of like well what's interesting is about the the humanness. Mm-hmm. of these of these characters right mm-hmm. yes they have these fantastical powers but but they are very much um they're very much people stories about right. people right um is that what it and, and we talked a little bit about this but uh, is that what you think makes comics important or significant right um can you talk a little bit about about what that what that is that that me, makes it that makes the medium important what makes the medium important, uh, uh, well, there's several things, but I think at the very top in my mind is that they're almost a course correction for history, mm. that people aren't born and naturally equipped in their lives with these tools for engaging the things that they're afraid of. They're not necessarily allowed to naturally and inherently be heroes, but here on these pages are people exactly like we are. Who just decide? You know what, man? Fuck it. I'm gonna fuck. Part of my language, bro. No, but it's fine. Fight. No, we got we got the tag on it. And it... <laughs> cool. Um, well, I'm going to confront whatever this right. thing is because I don't feel like I have any other choice. Right. Right. And it, it, it's it's a. I mean, I mean that's that's a word. Mm-hmm. It allow it, it 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 invites us to think about the ways in which we do. And can and might mm-hmm. deal with the situations, right? Internally, externally, right? Storm of the the eighties and the nineties, yes. and especially the late eighties and early nineties. Storm, yes. where she loses her power because of her relationship with Forge and That's right. the mutant power stealing weapon that he developed. Yep. Um, that was the point where I think, for me, it was done. Comics were going to be a part of my life forever. What? How because, come? That's very interesting because I have I have that run and it's a beautiful right. run. It is. So Storm loses her powers, but I think she became arguably the most powerful being yes. overall. That, so I think of this one issue of X Men, and it's her and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And she runs into the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, two of them. It was Blob, and I want to say, I'm not going to remember who else. I know she ended up having a one-on, right. the super fast guy with the red and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And all she has is a knife. Right. And so she tells Wolverine to stay out of it, right? That's right. right. Oh, that's, and, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and, and Wolverine is hanging up in his tree and he looks completely confident and he is looking down like she is about to beat whole shit down your leg, my man. That's right. 
And then stormed and proceeds to do that. My man has six knives in his hand. And he's like, oh, she got this. I'm not even worried. She got right, right. I'm going to let her do what she does. And for me, what Storm appeared initially to be broken because she had lost her power. Like this thing that for many people distinguished her. But here she is finding these reservoirs of true power and connection. And here's how she's going to spend her time engaging the world is I'm going to use the true power I have, even if it seems I have nothing, right? That to me felt like this is the truest way to make yourself a, a citizen of your world is to decide what you genuinely have and go out and fight. And I thought she was so incredibly perfect in doing so. And that's, um, I hear resonant, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, which I am often, but that to me, I hear resonance of that, what you just said, resonating in the work that you do, the research. Oh, absolutely. And is that, is that fair to say? Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that? That, that oh, I mean, that's just beautiful. Um, this notion of, of it seems, cause that's when, you know, she's got the Mohawk, right? And she yeah. goes, the Morlocks, right? That's when she mm -hmm. and Callisto start mixing it Correct. up, right? Yeah, um, when she won the leadership from Callisto, yeah. Right, exactly. So she's mm -hmm. she sort of feels like she's this subterranean type, mm -hmm. you know, she's literally underground mm -hmm. removed from the life that mm -hmm. she's known. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about how that might resonate in the work that you do? I know you, you, you do hip-hop work um, and, yeah. and, and post-traumatic stress yeah, so a lot of the work that I do focuses on, the best way I can put it is weaponizing people's wellness. Ooh. And, and by that, I mean very simply, I, I believe without doubt, people have all of the tools that they need to be emotionally well. Wherever they are, whatever their background is, whatever has happened to them in their life, they're not at fault for it. But what happens is we start to have this sense of, of confidence that's almost trimmed by experience. Mm. I can't overcome. I can't win. And if you think about, say, start with comics, you start with hip hop, what they are is a kind of written history. People speaking back to their environment and shaping it. Like, I'm going to project myself and what I believe into the environment, and I'm going to use it as a cape, as a uniform, as a sword, as a shield, and I'm going to find myself in it. So mm -hmm. that's a part of why Storm hit home with me is I was like, yo, listen, man, I can literally overcome everything that's in front of me, including the family, including the neighborhood. But those things were actually giving me things mm -hmm. that, I did, that I did not realize. They were giving me a voice. That's why hip hop is so tremendous. Yes. Where do I find myself in music? And then how do I allow somebody else to find themselves in it? And if they can't find themselves, how do I guide them to make the music they need or to write the story they need? You understand? Right. Mm -hmm. No, I, no, I, <laughs> I just got, I just got, you know, you're, you're, you're over, you're out in South Carolina giving me chills in Minnesota, right? Bro, I don't need more chills in Minnesota, but for that's for real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but, but that notion, right? This, 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 the narratives often are. Uh, are written not not for us, but but we are we exist in circumstances not of our own choosing, right? Correct. Right? We're on mm -hmm. this we're on this political, social, cultural terrain that we, mm -hmm. they, we didn't pick out, and All often right. it feels. I mean, hey, look, I'm sitting in my in my basement. We got one out of every five people 
have to shelter in place. My kids mm -hmm. need to learn a new vocabulary like social distancing. Mm -hmm. right? And so we don't choose this stuff and it feels overwhelming. Right. But to be reminded of the agency, the, I love that mm -hmm. idea of weapon, like weaponizing wellness, right? Yeah. In an era where the status quo is duck and cover, correct. We're gonna take, we're gonna correct. take a little ownership and a little joy as well, because comics are fun. Mm -hmm. Let's be like. Listen, man. <laughs> so a part of my, my father, of course, was on board with it. My mother saw it as a kind of distraction. Sure. You know, to a degree, and I think, unfortunately, that is the way in which a lot of our majority views wellness is do things to distract yourself from what makes you feel unwell. But what I found in comics was here was somebody who was telling, and not just one somebody, many somebodies, telling stories of, listen, but what are you going to create? Right. What are you going to make of reality? Mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh, and that's, and, and that's a really important part. And I, I would guess, uh, I am not that kind of doctor. I am not a clinical psychologist, but but my my instinct tells me that community is very important, mm -hmm. right? You talked about it's not just one person; it's multiple people. It's a mm -hmm. it's a it's a what stories are we telling? Um, you know, I've talked with some folks uh, in previous in previous discussions, and you know, not only are these the not only are these the contemporary mythologies, but they are the the griot stories, the Absolutely. the story cultural stories that carry with them the lifeblood of the community mm -hmm. right and yeah they got laser eyes and and right, <laughs> all kind right. of stuff but right. but the meaning one is it brings it brings us together and then it helps us learn about ourselves or it invites us i should mm -hmm. say to learn about ourselves mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um okay so we got to talk a little bit about this because okay. we got to talk about the difference and I'm gonna let you just I'm gonna let you just go take it where you will. Okay. So we're big we're both big Star Wars Star Wars fans. This is not surprise anybody yeah. who's talked about ten minutes. Um and so you've read some of the Star Wars comics? I have. Okay. Quite a few. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanna make sure. Okay. Uh -huh. So how, what do you think? Okay, so Star Wars originally becomes movies and then and then you got these comics. Um, that are still that, that come out with the original trilogy, right? They're still going. Charles Soleil is doing, I think, a, a tremendous job. Um, Greg Pak is writing, um, yeah. uh, writing that Darth Vader. He's writing that Darth Vader comic. But um, mm -hmm. what do you what do you think? Um, how do you think these comics complement, or what's, the, or, or maybe there's a tension there between the two medium, between film and comics, or? Or, or how do you think it helps tell the story? What, what's your thoughts about those Star Wars comics as somebody yeah. who takes Star Wars, understandably, very seriously? My feeling is that the best and most fully realized version of Star Wars is in the comics and in the books. I look at the films almost as a complement to the real story, which is in the comics and the books. I know there's some folks who... I'm going to push back at that immediately. No, not me. But that's my, my, my opinion in total is that's where you find the real story is over in the comics and the books. And that's continued to be the case even with the latest runs. What a, when you say that, is it, why is that? Why do you feel like that's the real stories um, or, or that's the, mm -hmm. the more fully realized stories? How, yeah. how, how does that work for you? Because, you know, you get what you need out of the, you get the story in the, in the, right. in, but but you're saying they're more fully realized be, because why 
I think we can take more time for me personally with the psychology of certain critical characters. And that doesn't happen as much on screen. Things happen, you know, so Kylo Ren is angry and he's afraid and he kills his father, right? But okay, I need to understand more of how Kylo Ren becomes Kylo Ren. And I didn't get that necessarily. So there were some deficiencies. Whereas in the comics, so they're explored fully. Which and that's a, have you read that? Have you read that new uh, new ish Kylo Ren comic? The uh... I have not, and and I probably will not. Um, <laughs> I, I've been told that I need to, you know, it's, just to, to flesh it good. out. And I eventually will, but it's, um, it's yeah, it's pretty, it, it's it's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. For filling it, not not, and, and people often talk about it as filling the gaps, and I don't see that as I don't see that as much as um, filling it as as shading the story. Do you there know you what I'm go. saying? Very good um, way to look at it. Is is I it it provides more clarity. It doesn't fill in mm-hmm. the gaps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think what's it, let me let me just loop back and see what you think about this this notion of. Uh, and, and this might be a little esoteric and a little uh, maybe a lot corny, but one of the things Go I love about anyway. Go for it anyway. <laughs> All right, I appreciate you. Look, comics allow us to to mess with time and space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can dilate time and mm-hmm. make it make that moment last for as long as you need to, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and authors do that. And that, yes, you can arguably do that in film editing, but I don't have any control over that in a film right. in the audience chair. But in the comics page, I can sit on a panel Correct. for however long I need to. Right. Correct. I can, I can, Correct. and I can, I can, um, now, yeah, oh, I can pause the film. Same, not the same thing. Not the same thing. Um, there's an agency involved in the interaction with the art Absolutely. that allows me to, does that, is that, is that dumb? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It, I think it, it hits right at it. Part of why I love Afrofuturism so much is the idea that time is fluid. It's so instead of I've, I've got a, a very good friend by the name of Cedric Moja, this brilliant artist, and he says the way in which we in the West process time is this march toward decay. Right. Right. And and he struggles with that. That people look at it like start finish here's the beginning of an event the event decays here's the end of it it's died whereas with afrofuturism no i'm going to spend time with a life and an image and the ancestors contribute to what i'm doing now and i'm filling in the holes that they knew they had to leave for me in order to create this moment right comics i think inherently make it so that time remains fluid batman has been about 40 years old for 80 years. (laughs) And and why I think that's beautiful is because we're allowed over that period of time to mature as an audience with him so we can judge him differently and he can grow with us having this extended period of time. He doesn't have to grow up immediately. He, in fact, can struggle and regress and progress and be who he is and become a whole other person at the same age, which is actually what humans do. Is actually what we do. We experience childhood several times over while we're supposedly growing up. And I think comics allow us to see the best version of Vader is in comics. But that's yes. like I'm thinking about us talking about the best version of Darth Vader is in comics. 
How, how come? I mean, that's good. That That's thoroughly, that's a provocative statement that I agree with. Why do you think that? I think comics have allowed for us to explore the struggles of Vader. There isn't as much conviction in the comics. There are parts of the comics where he has conviction. So I, I think of that Vader run of about maybe two or three years ago, when we first started seeing Vader's again in comics, maybe four. But Vader lands on this planet. His ship is shot down. That's he, right. in fact, has to locate someone in. So he has all of these troops around him. Yep. And here's Anakin, newly made Vader. He has a job to do. When he was Anakin, it was the same focus. I have a job to do. How do I do it? And he makes this statement that always stayed with me. Because they're surrounding him. Cannons are on him. That's ship right. cannons are on him. And they say to him, listen, you're coming with us. You know, he's looking around and one of the troops is like, what do you see? And he's like, I only see dead men. Dead I only and, see then, dead and they don't know all of the weapons that they're wearing, grenades, blast yep. cannons, but he uses the force to implode these. Yep. Singular focus. In the films, what we saw is Vader with his lightsaber, powerful, attacking, Right. Very stoic. Here in this moment, in that comic, here is Vader, vicious and purposeful. Mm-hmm. Right. I think of, and I'm going to switch between books and comics. No, that's fine. That's fine. The, the, the graphic novels for the Clone Wars and Labyrinth of Evil, the book, uh-huh. where leading up to Revenge of the Sith, you're seeing a fully realized Anakin Skywalker. He's afraid. Uh-huh. Right. He's going to be a father soon. He yep. still does want to be a Jedi. But he's realizing he's more powerful than everyone. That's right. Everyone. What do I do now? Right? right. What do I do with this? Because I'm trying to save everyone. But Revenge of the Sith pops up, the film, and his hair is long, and he's got this scar over his eye. Right. Right? And he got that scar from a fight with Asajj Ventress. Yep. Ventress decides, I'm finally out of here. I can't mess with this kid anymore. I could have messed with him before, but he almost killed me. Right. And he realizes, no, that was the only person who blade to blade Mm. I felt could best me. Mm -hmm. And then when he feels he's his most powerful after that fight, less than three days later, he's taking on Dooku. And he's beheading Dooku. That's right. But in between those spaces, we're getting the psychology of Anakin Skywalker, where this anger, this resentment at having been a slave, at having felt helpless, is now becoming purpose. We didn't get that psychology in the films, really. He just seemed like a spoiled brat (laughs) in a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's and that's that's real, right? And and it it hits you different. It hits you different. You you talked about you talked about this this notion of you know, and, and we're both fathers, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's, let's say fear, fear is a powerful thing. Like it's scary it when you're about ready. You said he's about ready to be a father, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's some scary stuff. It is. Your life is about it to, is. your life is about to, to change and you don't know. It's right. a fear of the unknown. It's not necessarily dread, but it's mm-hmm. definitely, <laughs> you know. Right. And, and for him becoming a father means he can't be a Jedi if the Jedi find out. Right. So this and, thing that has given his life purpose, he went from being a slave to being a Jedi. Yep. What do I go back to? What have I been other than a slave and a Jedi? That's frightening. 
Right. And, and 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 that ain't just that you know that that's not just as you said that's not just being a spoiled brat. So there's a depth right. there. And, and one of the things I think that hits different if you've read the comics, if mm-hmm. you've read, um, especially if you've read the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, Charles Soleil has done a fantastic job. Um, yeah, you should yeah. definitely go check those out. Mm-hmm. Um, Vader Down is great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, in Rogue One, that little snippet of Vader, mm-hmm. that's not, that that hits you different. It, th- that was so epic though, man. Oh, that, no, that it was. Like, but, but, but But people are like, who is this Darth Vader? Right. But that that for me is the Nas Illmatic moment right. of Star Wars films. I love that. Say more. Yeah. So when I initially heard Illmatic, what it felt like to me was this complete evolution, where right? like rap folks had been working up to it, but here was someone who took everything we had been working up to and fully evolved it at the time. We've evolved. We've evolved since then, but right. at that point. There was nothing more evolved in terms of sound, not, not sonically, not lyrically, right. not in terms of feel and grittiness and reality than what we have with Elmatic. It was and almost I, an apotheosis, right? This like right, culmination, right. right? So in the films with Vader, like we've heard how much of a menace he was, right? How, how often he had had these fights that had led to, you know, millions upon millions of beings dying across the galaxy. He's the best bladesman that the Jedi Order had produced. You know, we had heard all of those things. That's right. And then we get Rogue One, mm-hmm. where he steps forward, and it looks like it's going to be your typical kind of episode four, five, right. six, where he, in fact, is menacing. You give him his way. His blade, like, two, he moves through, and even more so than the Force, is it's his purpose and his right. will, like, this is Darth Vader. This right. this is why you fear me. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. And it hits it hits different, you know. And and I like with and again, well, I'm a big nerd, right? So you watch Rogue One and then you follow it up with New Hope, and mm-hmm. to see and it just hits different, obviously. But to the viciousness that just had happened with the reserve that he yeah. then shows, yeah. he's like, I don't, I got nothing to prove to y'all. Right. I'll do what I need to do. And right. again, thoroughly making, I would say, Anakin still, he's in there making bad life choices. Anakin would have done three flips that's down right. that hallway. That's right. It's harder to do when you got robot legs, but still. True, true. <laughs> Vader could have done it, but he matured to a point where he said, no, I've got things to do. So there's nothing in between me and my goals. You, you, that It's not you. I'm moving toward it. That's that's what you call trenchant analysis, folks. Uh, bruh. <laughs> no, I that's mean, real. That was tough. Yeah. No, and it's it's but but those it's those things that we it's those things that we learn as we mature. And I think that's interesting, you know, to tie it back into the comics is the the comics mature with us. They they tell now 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 part of it is that I think many of us that grew with comics, grew up with comics as a part of our lives are now are now making the genre Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and have taken it to know what it can do. Um, But. It, it it is not it, while it is for let's put it this way it, it's still for children right my my kid reads comics he's six but it's not chi- but we know it's not childish correct, correct. 
Correct. So so there's a depth there that that get, allows the medium to grow with mm-hmm. you. Um, mm-hmm. Last thing we got to talk about. This is breaking news. The world does not. The world may be ending, but the but it doesn't stop. Correct. Rosario Dawson just got and my favorite my favorite character to come out mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars. Maybe I got to think about it. She might be my favorite non-movie character as Ashoka Tano. I used to not. I really used to not like her. And then talk about character. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rosario Dawson guest cast just recently as a Ashoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Your, your thoughts? Um, I don't like the casting, and I don't like the character. Oh. I'll tell you why I struggle with Ashoka. So. <laughs> It, it comes from this sense that I have that there is no way that the Jedi would have awarded a Padawan to Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> okay. He was, they observed him closely, right? While you make use of his many strengths, guidance would not have been one of them. <laughs> Discretion is not his gift. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so the idea that they would give him such, and and I understand they she was written in a way to suggest that she needed a strong leader, and she was given to him to help him develop as a leader, right? And to become a better Jedi Knight. But I struggle. I've always struggled with that part of things. Yeah. She's a rich character, though. Right. She's an incredibly rich character. Wonderful Jedi. Um, I feel like. There should have been probably a younger actress who brought kind of a younger, more de- developing adult feel with our show because she's mature. Right. But I wanted to see somebody maybe younger um, who had kind of a, a that slight childlike but growing into adult right. kind of sensibility about right. them in the same way I experienced our show. Well, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how they write it in The Mandalorian because, um, mm-hmm. which is available if you if you are hunkering down someplace, it is available on uh, on streaming. Um, oh, and if you see it again, it's wonderful. Man. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I would like to see if they can bridge it between Mandalorian Season 2 and then Dave Filoni's excellent, excellent, excellent Rebels where she's... Oh, that would be perfect. Do you know what I mean? So as That'd you said, that that, that, that transitional space, mm-hmm. that would be hot. Because mm-hmm. she, at, at the Absolutely. in the spoilers, in the Rebels, I gave people a, a, a second, second to pause. In, <laughs> so she's kind of the, she, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, they can skip ahead. Um, but she's sort of the heart. She's one of the sparks of the rebellion. In fact, I think that's one of the yeah. things. The, one of the names of the episodes, right? So how do we get to that spot, shading in that character, that rich character more fully? As you said, like, yeah, I was like, I think I give Anakin a Padawan. But then it's like, well, maybe, yeah. we need to, maybe we need to give him a purpose to be, right? Maybe we got to focus right. him a little bit, you know, and we know the Jedi Council could be, can be super manipulative and shady. So it's like, oh, well, what if we get like a, she needs, she needs a Padawan, she needs a master, uh, Jedi master, he needs a little bit more focus. Let's try right. it out. And she, yeah, she's that. I did not like that character at first, uh, but she has grown mm-hmm. into. Um, and maybe I just like something that's a little different. She's got the backwards, you know. She's she's got the reverse grip, and she's sort of she's, a, you know, she, a gray Jedi. I don't know. Way, 
No, she's she's dope in that what we're looking at is a woman Jedi who has become very fully realized. Right. Like we we haven't had as many opportunities to have fully realized exposure That's to right. Jedi women, and there are many and incredibly important Me, characters. Not, but yes, she's the yes, one yes, I think yes. we we've learned best. Right, and and. I think that's a one of the other things I was gonna say is we don't have um, we don't have we have multiple characters, but we don't have un unless you really get into it um, mm -hmm. don't have a full a richly developed female care a, a, a woman mm -hmm. um, you know if you get into Kane and Jarrus's story uh, mm -hmm. which is in the comics and this is great. Mm -hmm. um, I guess you get that, but with what we get to see, um, we we get to see a little bit of that development. That's a different kind of development that we have seen before, and so that's that's one of the things I think that attracts me to this character. I would, I would love at some point, outside of just what we've seen in the books, to see a fuller series developed for Nomi Sunrider. Yes, I would love yes. that. I mean, you consider how important she is in the history and the mythos right. of the Jedi. You know, they're starting to look backward now. You know, we've got a new yep. book series yep. Yep. that is coming. I would love to see Nomi explored more fully. She's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I appreciate this so much. Um, I would okay, love to bro. just. I would just love to keep talking. Um, Check Dr. Napoleon Wells out. Fire up the Google machine, scholar.google.com. Um, you, you are one of the brightest, sharpest minds in in scholar. Thank you, brother. In scholarship I appreciate circles, you. doing the work. I appreciate Thank the work that you're doing, man. Thank you. Hey, hey, we're just out here trying to trying to make it happen. And, and man, mm -hmm. I appreciate you. Stay safe. Uh, be well, and uh, we'll we'll talk again soon. Hi, right, brother. You too. Love you, man. Be good. All right.